This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Open your Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter number 6, and verse 22. We're going to read a long passage of Scripture. But let me get you in the right place understanding in the story if you've not heard the study we've been doing on Wednesday evenings. Gideon is in a really bad place and in a really bad way. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody that's ever been in a bad place and in a bad way, but I think that maybe I am. And as he's in a bad place, in a bad way, he's literally having to hide way uh, as low as possible. He stooped down inside a low-level threshing floor, and he's got a roof over top of it, and there's just a little ways for him to see out. But he's not even looking out because he's trying to keep his attention, and he's hoping if he keeps his head down long enough, the enemy won't see him and come still and attack his harvest. Now, I thought about that this morning as I was uh, preparing this message, and I thought about how many times people will say to me, Pastor Don, I don't really know if I want to grow in God because every time I grow in God, the enemy attacks me. Every time I start moving forward, it's like we get knocked down. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You come to church and the glory of God falls and you commit your life wholly and fresh to him, and you go home and the refrigerator has exploded while you were at church. Something happens. Something attacks you, 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 you make a commitment to the house of God and you're gonna, you're gonna do something financially for the house of God and all of a sudden you lose your job. And every time you turn around, something is, is, is happening every step you take. Let me tell you and explain that to you. The enemy may attack every step you take. Why? Because he wants to steal your harvest for, from you. He wants to take what God's doing in you and he wants to steal the harvest that you are stepping into in your life. And I'm not just talking about financial harvest. I'm talking about a harvest of victory, a a harvest of freedom, a harvest of the anointing that God wants to bring into your life. And the enemy will attack you because he wants to take it from you. So what most people's logic is, well, I I won't step in deeper to the things of God because I'm going to get attacked. But here's the problem. It's not that you're going to get attacked if you step into the things of God. It's when you step into the things of God, you stop becoming the devil's play toy and he stops being able to yank you around and pull, keeping you on a chain. And when you step into the victory of Christ, he begins to lose his freedom and that's why he raises his head. The reality is most of us end up like Gideon. We're like, just don't mess up anything. I don't want any battles. God, I feel like I'm surfing up here right now. Come on now, amen. But God, I I just want to balance life. I just want things to go well. Keep my family safe. Keep my let, Let there be peace in my home. Oh, God, please, 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 please. And we're on a constant balancing act, and we're trying to figure out how to keep our head down long enough. But the reality is what we've done is we've settled, and God is not ever has never called you to settle. As a matter of fact, when God shows up and Gideon is settled, and he's just trying to scrape out a little bit of enough to live on and maybe make a little bit of money to buy some other things that his family needs, as he's living that way, he has settled for that environment, and God shows up, and he's been sitting there waiting for him to lift up his head and look at him so that he could tell him, him what he'd come to tell him. And finally, when it says the angel of the Lord, and that in, in, in the Old Testament, when you see the angel of the Lord, unless there's a name given, many times that means the, the pre-incarnate Christ shows up. And that's why it says the Lord said. And, and but, but all of a sudden the Lord shows up and the Lord says to him, he, he looks up and he sees, sees, sees him there. And the Lord says, you are a mighty 
man of war. You are an overcomer. You are one who will win. You are one who will overcome. And as God begins to speak into him what he cannot see himself, he realizes something. He cannot be satisfied with the status quo any longer. So he has to arise from the threshing floor and he comes out to the place that God has called him. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. He comes out to the place that God has called him. And when he comes out to the place that God has called him, he doesn't know if he can trust these words yet because he's still sees himself trying to figure life out. And God says, you may not be there yet, but I know who you are because I made you, I created you, and I'm telling you, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. You're a blood-bought child of the living God, and you will win because God fights for you. Amen. And so we end up at that moment in Judges 6 and 22. And here's what it says. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Listen to what the Lord replies. It's all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. Mm. It's not just you're not going to die because you've encountered the holiness of God is I've got a purpose for you and the attack that you've been worried about is not going to take you out because I have a purpose for you and you haven't fulfilled it yet. All right? And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom. In other words, he had a praise service right there because suddenly the man who had been living on a balancing act found peace. Yahweh Shalom. I'm tired of the children of God living on balancing acts. Tired of the children of God worried that they're going to mess up and God's no longer going to love them. I'm tired of the children of God feeling like they, that God's somehow going to abandon them, that God, God's somehow going to be through with them. Don't you understand? God knew every sin that you were ever going to commit when, before you were born. Why? Because at a place called Calvary, he was nailed on a cross for every sin that you were ever going to commit. He's already paid the price for your sins. He's already paid the price for your freedom. He already knows what his plan is for you, and he's calling you to step into that plan. And if you'll stop trying to balance and stand up strong in the name of the Lord and begin to believe, what God says about you, you will go forward in victory as well and peace will come to your life. See, some of you have lived in a state of constant, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Let me tell you something. I don't know where I'm going to be half the time, but I do know this. I have been created to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ and to preach the gospel to this world. And as long as I'm doing what God's called me to do, I know everything's going to work out all right. Somebody said to me one time, are you not afraid to fly into the places you fly into? I said, the most places I've been afraid at is in Atlanta, Georgia. Come on now, right now. Amen. I said, I go downtown Atlanta and I'm much more fearful than I am walking the streets of a violent city uh, in South America that's known for murders. So many murders happen every night. They pick up dead bodies in dump trucks. I've walked the streets, some of us, at 3 a.m. in the morning. Why? Because I knew that I was on a mission. And I knew the mission I was on was not done. And I knew that that mission was not going to be done until I got back because I already had Sunday sermon ready. Come on now. Amen. I knew that God had already told me what I was going to preach the next Sunday. Let me tell you something. I don't know what tomorrow holds for you, but I do know who holds tomorrow. And you can't overcome. And you you can't have peace by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm supposed to read the scripture, then preach a sermon, and I can't get to it. And the Lord is peace. Now watch this. 
he built an altar and named it Yahweh Shalom. And I've not seen this to this moment. The Holy Spirit just put this in my heart. And the altar remains. And the altar remains. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost of the living God. I, I don't know if you can feel him right there, but I feel him in this place. The altar remains. In other words, there is a peace that's going to come to your life that no matter what diagnosis comes to you, no matter what happens on your job, no matter what happens with your children, no matter what happens in life's storms, no matter what you face, no matter if it's your good days or your bad days, the altar of peace shall remain because you know whose you belong to. You know your God's children and he loves you. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit today. It remains there, an orphan in the land of the clan of Abizar to this day. And that night the Lord said to Gideon, and I don't know yet what it means, but he says, take the second bull. Every time I read that, it jumps in my spirit. That's where Raymond's come from. It jumps in my spirit. He says, take the second bull. The first bull It's what's been pulling the load so far. But I'm going to equip you to carry life's load differently. God, are you going to write a sermon right here in front of these people? He said, I'm going to equip you because you can't go on your own. But I'm going to help you carry a load that you couldn't carry on. From your father, the one that is seven years old, which is seven, it is your season of breakthrough. Pull down your father's altar to Baal. Now notice this, pull down whose altar? Your father's altar. Can I tell you that some of us have deeds in our life and actions in our life that need to go that we inherited from generations before us? But notice this is important to the story. Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. So this is his father's altar and the father's Asherah pole. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Take your time. Don't get in a hurry. You may think you've got to get there quick, But you honor God every step of the way. Because when you honor God every step of the way, victory is yours. I feel Jesus. Thank you for letting me just walk through this scripture this morning with you. You sacrificed that bull as a burnt offering on the altar. Watch this. Oh my goodness. Using as fuel the wood of the Azra pole you cut down. I want you to build an altar of sacrifice, of remembering that God gave you victory over the false gods you used to be enslaved by. And I want you to use as fuel the wood that you cut down. The wood that you cut down 
from the Asherah pole. Let me just make that practical for us today. I want you to make an offering to the Lord of sacrifice of praise and worship and realize he's the one who's delivered you. He's the one who's faithful. He's the one who's able. He's the one who's just. And here's what I want you to fuel the fire with. I want you to look back at what you had to deal with yesterday, the things you used to worship, the things that used to bind you, the things that used to hold you back. And I want you to look back at that and I want you to say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm never going back. I have tasted better. I'll not eat of this uh, sin anymore. I'll not walk in this way of pain anymore. I'm going to keep walking toward Jesus. And some of you go, Pastor Don, I'm still eating of sin. Don't you hear what I'm trying to tell you today? You are not lost without hope. There is one whose name is Jesus, and he calls you strong and an overcomer, and the power of the blood of the Lamb will set you free. And what should fuel your fire to worship? The rear view mirror. (laughs) I used to be that, but now it's back there. (laughs) I used to live that way, but now it's back there. My family used to fight all the time, but now Yahweh Shalom lives in my house. I used to be at war in my mind, but now I'm an overcomer because I know who is with me. I have peace in my heart, peace in my mind. The yesterday fuels my worship for today. I feel the Holy Spirit this morning. I have to say that. Problem is, a lot of us aren't fueling our fire with it. We're dragging it with us. Throw that thing in the altar of worship. Throw that shame on the altar of praise. Because I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Come on now. I'm not who I used to be anymore. Pastor Don, you're just trying to make us feel better about myself. Well, why not? The world and the devil have been making you feel like hell all week long. I've come in here to tell you, you're a child of the king. Amen. Where was I in the verse? Thank you, Jake. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night. Well, let's not be too hard on Gideon for a minute. Because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Listen to me carefully. He did it under the cover of darkness. But he still did it. God may be wanting to grow you to the place that he wants you walking in a freedom that when you make the announcement of what God has done in you, that there will be no doubt in your family's mind because they can see something in you already. Because the morning's coming. And they're going to realize early the next morning as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. And the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down and burned. That's what I'm going to throw in there as fuel in the fire. And and what happened? My goodness, do you see what God did here at this point? You see, it happened under the cover of darkness. But the morning is coming. And when the morning came, they said, something has changed. Something's different. You walk by that. I mean, I've been into pagan villages where they have a a pole of a, a false god in the middle of 
of Africa. I've walked into these villages, and you know what I've done? Somebody's like, well, we don't want to get too close to that. I'm like, let me show you. So, well, Pastor Don, don't you know that's pagan? I said, don't you understand every demon in hell falls before us? I've walked right over beside him and said, let me tell you who the one true God is. His name is Jesus, and he'll save you and deliver you and heal you, and God sets them free. I told a preacher one time, I said, you have never lived until you see a small cloud of dust begin to rise as people run passing the old idols of this world and they run to the feet of Jesus Christ knowing that literally while the Muslims encircle us with violent weapons saying anybody who crosses that line can never come back to this village and they come in droves across the line. Why? Because there is hope and his name is Jesus and when you tell people, they come. Amen. I don't know where I am. But I'm going to keep preaching. But the next morning, where is that verse at? The next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered something had changed. You have come into this place, and I want God to stir inside of you so much that you leave changed. That something's different inside of you. I want you to get home, and I want your spouse to come up and go, who are you? Come on now. Some of the ladies said, thank God he's going to do the laundry. (laughs) Somebody said, going too far now, Pastor. Amen. I heard that. But somebody, somebody will look and say, something's different about you. You're going to show up at your mom and daddy's house and they're going to stop worrying about you and they're going to start rejoicing because they're going to know that God has answered their prayers. The light is going to give sight to what happened through the night. My goodness, that was a preacher rhyme. I didn't even write it in advance. The astropulps had been cut down. In their place, a new altar had been built. By the way, I'm still not through the text. And on it were the remains of the bull that had been sacrificed. Hmm. Thank God for what he's done for us. Not only did he set him free from the bad place, he even set him free from worshiping the thing that helped him pull down the bad place so that he could worship God. Don't get stuck in some program. You need to get stuck in praise. And then the people said to each other, who did this? Wouldn't it be amazing if people were saying, what happened to you? Quickly. And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Now, who owned the altar? Joash. Who owned the Azrapole? Joash, the people realize that it's Joash's son who did this. And it belonged to Joash. He said, bring out your son, the men of the town, and demand of Joash, or demanded of Joash, he must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. Now hold on a minute. It's not even their altar. 
It's not even their Asherah pole. And they're looking at him saying, kill your son because he tore down your altar. I'd be like, my son can tear down anything of mine he wants. I will deal with him when he does. But Joash is a much wiser man. But Joash shouted to the mob that confronted him and said, why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Now you have to understand who Baal was. Baal and Asher were the male and female, respectively Baal male, Asher a female, little demigods of that area who were worshipped for fertility and for prosperity. Are you with me? Fertility and prosperity. This is what Baal promised. Listen to this. He said, worship me and I will bless you so much that everything will be fertile and you will be rich and prosperous in the land. But what was happening when they were worshiping Baal and Asherah? They were in a famine and the marauders were coming in, stealing everything they had, taking them off as slaves, and they were living in utter despair and starvation. But watch this now. Over here, the Lord said, the Lord said, hey, serve me and I will honor you in such a way that you will be prosperous in the land and you will, you will succeed in every endeavor you take to move forward in your life. And the enemy said, no, 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 I can handle it. And God said, no, follow my ways. The only difference was the enemy said, and I'll do it if you just worship me and there are no rules. You can do whatever you want, however you want, to whoever you want, and any way you want to, you can live for Sound familiar? Be whatever you want to be. There is no right or wrong. And God said, follow me in holiness. Follow me in righteousness. And I will make you overcome. The enemy left them. I'm getting ahead in the story, but the enemy left them in despair. I'm going to close with this in just a the enemy left them in despair. But God, I don't know who I'm about to say this to, the enemy will take your life, take your marriage, take your children, take everything you have and, be, and, and make you think it's all your fault. But God says, come unto me and I will honor you. And I will show you great and mighty God would take a man who thought he was defeated in the poorest clan and make him the leader who would annihilate an army. You see, your freedom is not for yourself. Your freedom is so that others might see that those who serve the Lord are faithful. Go back to the verse. I'm not done yet. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Go back. I'm closing, closing. Give me that last verse. Joas shouted to the mob that confronted him, why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case, I love what he says here. This is this awesome. Whoever pleads his case will be dead by morning. So in other words, shut up. But if Baal truly is a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. 
And from then on, Gideon was called Jerubbaal, which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. It might be a night season and nobody may be able to see yet what God's doing in your life, but you honor God because the morning's coming. The morning's coming. Why did they get so upset about the altar? Why did they get so upset about that? The reason they got upset about it was because they had been living off of the Joash's sin. And they had been partaking in it. Your old friends will want you to go back. But God's calling you to better. Pastor Don, I'm afraid if I start serving God, I'll fail. Well, Philippians 1.6 sums that up. Stand with me today. I'm going to give you this first word in the close. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind, because I love this translation, that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. He's an awesome God. My God sent me with a message, apparently, that he didn't need to tell me in advance to tell you he knew you in your mother's womb. He formed you to overcome. You were not formed for defeat, but he set you apart as an appointed minister, prophet, testimony to the nations. But what is your nickname? I mean, I like Gideon better than Jerubbaal. What's your nickname? What's he brought you through? What have you overcome? What victory have you won? Some of you, your nicknames are the one whose family almost ended in divorce, but look what God has done. Some of you is the one that the devil tried to steal your mind and tried to kill you, but look what God has done. Oh my goodness, do you hear that? And some of you were addicted, but now look what God has done. Could it not be amazing if our nickname was, look what God has done. He's faithful and he's just. Bow your heads with me in this place. Okay, this is what I know after... I've been preaching this gospel, goodness, probably almost 35 years this year. And when God arrests a service like this and will not let you preach what you intended, it means that somebody present desperately needs to hear what you're saying. They desperately need to receive. Some of you will never walk in the freedom you need. Oh, thank you, Jesus. As long as you're the one pulling the yoke. When you're the lead ox. It's time for you to surrender. I guess I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm declaring to you. To the one who is able to tear down every stronghold of the enemy. And who will bring you peace. For he is Yahweh. Shalom. 
God, I don't know what all you want to do with this service, but I do know this. You're calling people. You're calling them to cast their cares upon you and to come unto you. The children of Israel had made a wrong choice, but all they had to do was return to the Lord. All they had to do was recommit to the Lord. And God heard their cry. God heard their cry. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know how many of this will be. It should be a majority of you, but how many of you would say, Pastor Don, I've been, I've been listening to some of the lies of the enemy. I've not been walking in the freedom God intended for me. Can I see your hand? Could, would you hold that up? It's over 90% of this congregation. God's faithful. God is good. And His mercy endures over you. Oh, Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Put those hands down. One more question. And this question is simple. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor... I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I've either never given him my life or I want to recommit my life because my my name is not, look what God has done, but it's look at all the failures and the sins and the struggles. And I want to be renamed a child of God today. I didn't embarrass anybody else to raise their hand and I'm not going to embarrass you. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. We must confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and that Jesus is Lord. Quoting the word. Listen to me carefully. If that's you, right where you are, I want to pray with you. Raise your hand up quickly. Hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? You can put those down. Are there others? Are there others? Hold them up high. Thank you. All right, I want you to take the hand of someone you came to church with, maybe a family member nearby, or just take their hand right quick. The Bible says that as we confess that this transaction of heaven occurs, it's simply the first step in a journey of life change that he's going to bring, but it's all about what he does and not any about what you do. It's about trusting in him, and then from here, when he's done his work, it's going to change everything, everything about you. From this moment forward, you will be a new creation in Christ. So pray this prayer with me. We want you all to pray with these that have asked today to give give their life or recommit their life to Christ. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You see my past, my present, and my future, I give it all to you. I receive your grace, and I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I believe the power of God that raised him from the dead now works inside of me. And from this moment forward, heaven is my home. God is my father. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those. Some have prayed it for the very first time. And some, Lord, are praying it as a point of recommitment to you. But this I know. 
that the God who started to work in them is faithful to carry it through to its completion. Lord, for everyone who said that they're resembling the past and they're not burning up those things that are behind them that are robbing their peace, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit of God begins to come upon their life and they begin to walk in freedom and they begin to walk in victory because great is their God and worthy is their King who has declared that you are a mighty warrior and you shall overcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.